0: I am your host Kyle Nash. Today is going to be a great day, and if it is not a great day for you at this moment, will it into existence? Can do it. Anyway, uh, I know last week we kind of uh, we kind of did a more serious turn. We had um, a, we, we talked about mental health as. A very, very important subject no matter who you are no matter, what, well, as I said what race, what what gender, what gender identity what sex, what sexual identity, doesn't matter mental health is mental health it doesn't see all that it doesn't see income so if you feel a, a, a bout coming on a confined in a very close friend that you've known for a long time that you trust and and speak to your doctor and let them steer you into the right direction as to who you need to talk to but let's get back into as I like to say the swing of things so this episode today and uh, this is this is part of the okay I had to find content because of the uh, you know losing my um, anchor password but I'm going to do it anyway So here recently There's been a push, actually, there's been a push ever since it came, it started in 2014. There's been a push to expand the college football playoff. They say four teams is not enough because you are almost, you're basically excluding one power conference champion, which, you know, heaven to Betsy, they get excluded from anything, you know, hey. Oh. So, you know, all these different all ideas 6, 8, 10, 12, six, 16. Uh, do we give automatic bids? Do we not give automatic bids? And here recently, a proposal was put forward. And it actually went past the. Let's think about it, stage two. Hey, let's study it to see if this is possible. It would expand the college football playoff from four teams to 12. Now, of course, you're thinking off the top of your head, oh, that means the Power Five conferences get automatic bids. No. And this is kind of like, you know, looking backwards. I'll show you what I mean. Um, the power there would be no automatic bids at all the top six conference champions would be seeded one through six based on the final playoff ranking and then the uh, seeds seven through twelve would be the top six teams that are not conference cha- um, the top six teams regardless of whether they're conference champions or not. So you could actually have seven conference champions in there because one of them fall one of them isn't in the top six. You know they're the seventh best conference champion, but they still fall within like the, the twelve the top twelve. Um that being said though if you only have say three conference champions in the top 12 that's when you start taking um, slots away from the quote unquote power conferences in a a way because you have to go further down the rankings just to get the uh, six top ranked conference champions so with that being said and then the uh, five, uh, tw- the 12 seed would play the 5 seed, 11 would play 6, 7, 10, 8, 9. The higher seeded teams, 5, 6, 7, 8, would host the first round game somewhere uh, within like uh, two weeks after the conference championship games. And then like the next week you would have um, the quarterfinals. So the way they're looking at it is, these six balls that make up the New Year Six will basically rotate amongst in a three-year period, with two of them becoming semifinals, with the other four being quarterfinal matchups. And then, of course, the title game would be um, bitted out like the Super Bowl is bitted out like the playoff championship game is fitted out as of right now so I wanted to do something interesting so I went back through the entire BCS era the BCS era started with the 1998 season and I wanted to see what teams Would actually make this 12 team playoff. Would any teams shock me? Now I will go ahead and say this one spoiler um, about the 2020 season. And that spoiler is the fact that I'm trying to think about this. Um, a Power 5 team didn't make it. Would not have made it in, in this format. Now it's the Pac-12. So, there was possibilities where Power 5 teams um, or the BCS teams in that era would not make it in the playoff based on how they were seeded so once I got all those done then I decided to use this wonderful website called what If sports and I'll make sure I uh, put credit to the website whenever I uh, you know uh, put the uh, promo piece on Instagram that that site has been awesome to use you basically any team from any year. You want to see how the 2020 Clemson Tigers would have fared against the 1990 uh, Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets? You can do it. Would be home, would be away, would it be at a neutral site. Now when doing these Uh, some teams show up as favorite run, some showed up as uh, favorite pass or heavy pass or heavy run I did not, whatever it popped it generated that is what I used Uh, put the home team in, you know, when it says home and away, I put the higher seed in as the, the home slot and for the quarterfinals on I used neutral site So, when we come back, we're going to go over just how this playoff would look from 98 on back. Before we get back to the podcast, I want to let everyone know about my intro, that is Sax Rock and Roll by Kevin McLeod. the song and other songs that are royalty free are being able to be found on incomtech.com. All right, welcome back to the Blind Tag Podcast. So, let's dive right into it. So, the first thing I want to do is I want to go over how... I constructed the top 12, the balls we're going to use, and how I determined who the new champion or current champion was. So, first and foremost, I took the final BCS or college football playoff rankings of that season from 1998 to 2020 and using this criteria. The same one that they will use in, in the expanded playoffs. If it passes, the first six conference champions, regardless of what conference they're from, are the top six seeds. Then I go back to the top, and then the top six teams that are not already in get put in seven through twelve. Very simple. Um, Is this a possibility where you have some teams from uh, mid-major conferences or group of five conferences? Oh, absolutely. Um, Now, excuse me. I kept the conferences the same as of so no. Okay, Maryland's still in the ACC. The Big Twelve is still the Big Twelve. You know, stuff like that. So as far as the bowls go, the four bowls that are not used, the four New Year's six bowl games that are not used as semifinals to be used as quarterfinals. The number one seed will get the ball game closest to them, so on and so forth until you reach the fourth seed, they get what's left. When I come to the semifinals. The highest remaining seed will get the ball game that is closest to them. For example, if UCLA is the highest seed, they play in the Rose Bowl if it's a semifinal. If Florida State is the highest seed and Orange Bowl is a semifinal, they're playing in the Orange Bowl, so on and so forth. The finals will be seed it out you know bit it out like it is right now and finally how did I determine a champion um, well I was going to go with the try to true method of eeny meeny miny mo. but I decided to use whatifsports.com uh, there was a link to the Inst- their Instagram page on this post I highly recommend you go check that out It's a great site you want to do some fantasy, uh, fantasy matchups of, oh my God, what if Joe Montana's 49ers played Tom Brady's Patriots, or so on and so forth? It is a great site. I highly recommend you checking it out. I plugged it in for the first uh, first round. I used the at-home team site, the highest te- seated team gets slotted in the home, the lowest seed team gets slotted away. For everything else that's at a ball site, I used neutral site. It didn't give me an option to do which neutral site, but I just hit neutral site. There we go. And finally it gives you an option to change what their like playbook is. I, I didn't touch it at all. I didn't touch their lineups or anything like that. Whatever. The system gave me is what I used and finally how I'm going to discuss because there's, there's a possibility that this may be broken up into two episodes or I might do two episodes in a week to uh, kind of get all the content out so Because there's um, 22 years to go through. So, what I'm going to do is I'm basically going to give you what the what the matchups are, and then I will give you the finals and tell you who the champion is. All right. I think that's kind of easy. Well, we will see if it's uh, easier in execution than it is in talking about it. Alright, so the 1998 season is broken down like this. The 12th seed Virginia Cavaliers will take on the Big Ten champions, Wisconsin Badgers. The winner traveling to the Cotton Bowl to play the Big 12 champion, the Texas A&M Aggies. The 11-seed Nebraska Cornhuskers will travel to 6-seed undefeated Conference USA champion, Tulane Green Wave. The winner traveling to the Rose Bowl to play UCLA. 10-seeded Florida will take on Kansas State. The winner of that matchup traveling to the Orange Bowl to play Florida State. And finally, the 8-9 matchup. Arizona will travel to Columbus, Ohio, take on Ohio State. The winner, playing number one seed in the Sugar Bowl, Tennessee. Your semifinals are in the Peach Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl. And here we go, the finals. The 10th seed, Florida Gators. Defeating Kansas State, Florida State, and UCOA in the Fiesta Bowl. Defeats eight seeded Ohio State, who defeats Arizona, Tennessee, and Wisconsin in the Peach Bowl to win the 1998 national title. All right, let's move on to the 1999 season. Here we go. The 12 seed Penn State Nittany Lions will take on the fifth seed Big Ten champion Wisconsin Badgers. The 11 seed Florida Gators did the. Bending national champions Will have to travel to West Virginia to take on the six seed and conference US no Mac champion excuse me Marshall thundering herd All right, the ten seed Michigan State Spartans will take on the seven seed uh, Tennessee volunteers The nine seed Michigan Wolverines will take on the eight seed Kansas State Wildcats the 5-12 match a winner will go to the Rose Bowl to take on fourth seed Alabama Crimson Tide. The 11-6 matchup will travel to Tempe to take on the number three seeded Nebraska Cornhuskers, the champions from the Big 12. The Sugar Bowl and Ace and Big East champion Virginia Tech will await the 7-10 winner and Florida State in the Peach Bowl will the ACC champions will await the 8-9 winner. Your semifinals are the Orange Bowl and the Cotton Bowl. So here we go. Your final. Virginia Tech defeating Tennessee and Nebraska in the Cotton Bowl will take, will defeat Florida State after uh, uh, making the title game by defeating Kansas State and fifth-seed Wisconsin in the Orange Bowl, Virginia Tech defeats Florida State to win the 1999 national title. Let's move on to 2000, and we get our first independent look. As the 12-seed Notre Dame Fighting Irish will take on the fifth-seed and SEC champion Florida Gators, The 11th seed, Oregon Ducks, will take on the 6th seed. And I believe at this point they are in the WAC. Let me look at that real quick. Yep. Uh, WAC champion, TCU. The 12th, um, Kansas State as the 10th seed, will take on defending national champions, Virginia Tech as the 7th seed. And in the 9-8 matchup, Nebraska will go to face the Oregon State Beavers. The 5-12 matchup winner will travel to the Fiesta Bowl to take on the 4-seed Washington Huskies, winner of the Pac-10. The Peach Bowl will host the 6-11 winner and 3-seed and Big East champion Miami Hurricanes. ACZ champion... Florida State once again goes to the Orange Bowl where they will take on the 7-10 winner. And the Cotton Bowl will host number one seed and Big 12 champion Oklahoma as they face the 8-9 winner. In your championship game, in another matchup that actually happened in real life with kind of a similar result, Oklahoma after defeating Oregon State and Florida in the Sugar Bowl, defeats Florida State, who had defeated 10th seed Kansas State and 3 seed Miami in the Rose Bowl. That's a weird matchup in a weird place. To win the 2000 national title. So yes, the three power Florida schools all in the semifinals. If that happens in real life, there is going to be just pure insanity that's, that's what I want to say all right all right and let's end this segment with the 2001 season I had to make some adjustments because I put two conf, uh, two teams from the same conference in the top six. oh man it is what it is but in 2001. We have the 12 seed Oklahoma Sooners taking on the ACC champions in 5th seeded Maryland. That winner will travel to the Sugar Bowl to play 4th seeded the Illinois Fighting Illini. The 11 seed Stanford Cardinal will travel to Baton Rouge to take on the 6th seed LSU Tigers. The winner will go to the Rose Bowl to face the 3rd seeded Oregon Ducks. In a Big 12 matchup. The Texas Longhorns will take on the Nebraska Cornhuskers in the 10-7 matchup. The winner traveling to the Cotton Bowl to play fellow conference member and second seeded Colorado. And finally, the 8-9 matchup in SEC matchup as Tennessee travels down to Gainesville, Florida to face the Gators. The winner going to Miami to play Miami in the Orange Bowl. As with the 1998 season, your semifinals are to Peach in the Fiesta Balls. Now let's look at the final. As in a one-point nail biter, the third-seeded Oregon Ducks, who defeated LSU and Texas in the Fiesta Bowl, defeated Illinois. Illinois defeating Maryland and Florida in the Peach Bowl. Oregon defeated Illinois 31-30. to 30. So, if you're keeping score, which you may or may not, I don't know, the SEC... The Big East, the Big 12, and the Pac-12, or Pac-10, as it is in this um, exercise right now, all have a title. Interesting. When we come back, we will start off with 2002, and we will see where it goes from there. We'll be right back with more of the Blind Tag Podcast. And now we are in the year 2002. The title match was, I believe, Miami and Ohio State? Or, yeah, I believe it was Miami and Ohio State. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. But anyway, here is what we have come up with as the 12-seed Michigan Wolverines will take on the Big 12 champion Oklahoma Sooners, with the winner traveling to the Fiesta Bowl to face the Pac-10 champions, Washington State. The 11-seed Texas Longhorns will take on the ACC champion Florida State Seminoles, with the winner traveling to Atlanta to play the Georgia Bulldogs in the Sugar Bowl. Notre Dame, as the 10th seed, will travel to Los Angeles to take on 7th seed, USC, with the winner going to the Rose Bowl to play in 2nd seed, Ohio State. And finally, 9th seed, Kansas State, will take on 8th seed, Iowa Hawkeyes, with the winner traveling to Atlanta to play the Miami Hurricanes. The Orange Ball and the Cotton Ball serve as your semifinals for this season. Let's get to it. The Oklahoma Sooners will be your uh, national champions. Oklahoma defeats Michigan, defeats Washington State, and as the highest seed remaining in the semifinals, defeats Iowa in the Cotton Ball before defeating their opponent in the finals, Southern California. Southern California defeated Notre Dame, defeated Ohio State in the Rose Bowl, and defeated Texas, the 11th seed, in the Orange Bowl. Let's go to 2003. The Georgia Bulldogs, as the 12th seed, take on Big East champions for the final time. The Miami Hurricanes is the five seed, with the winner traveling to the Orange Bowl to face the Florida State Seminoles. The Miami of Ohio Redhawks. This is the team that was quarterbacked by Ben Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger and the Redhawks travel to Manhattan, Kansas, to face six seed and Big 12 champion Kansas State. The 10-7 matchup, the Tennessee Volunteers take on the Oklahoma Sooners and Texas travels to Columbus to face Ohio State. In your uh, quarterfinals, the 12-5 matchup, as I said, will play Florida State in the Orange Bowl. The 11-6 matchup, will play Michigan in the Cotton Bowl. The Fiesta Bowl will host the second seed USC Trojans against the 7 10 winner and the 8 9 winner will take on number 1 LSU in the Peach Bowl here we go Oklahoma destroys 1 seed LSU 27 to 9 yeah Oklahoma advances by defeating Tennessee Defeating USC in the Fiesta Bowl, and then defeating o- Miami of Ohio in the Rose Bowl. Yes, Ben Roethlisberger in the system would take the, the Miami Ohio Redhawks within one game of the national title. Congratulations, LSU at, got the bye. They defeated Ohio State and then defeated the Miami of. Yes, we could have had a Miami versus Miami final. That would have been fun. But LSU just ran out of steam. They put up 21 points in the first quarter against Miami. Went to a 38-12 victory, but they couldn't keep the momentum. And Oklahoma is the national champion. Now, 2004, let me go ahead and give you some. Uh, uh, Miami and Virginia Tech have now moved to the ACC. This is Louisville's last year as a member of the uh, Conference USA, and this is the last little bit of uh, uh, movement for a few years. So, two thousand and four. And make sure I got everything correct. Yeah. 2004, the Iowa Buckeyes, Hawkeyes honestly, I don't, yeah, 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 the Iowa Hawkeyes as the 12th seed will take on ACC champion Virginia Tech Hokies as the 5 seed the 11 seed, uh, the winner of that game will play in the Orange Bowl against number 4 seed, Utah 11 seed, LSU will travel to the blue turf to face Boise State champions out of the mountain. What? No. Of the whack, I believe. Louisville, in its last season, they get the Big East automatic bid. Well, not automatic, but you know what I mean. They they are the Big East champions. They will. I'm sorry. Well, they are the Big East champions, but they get an at-large bid because they weren't in the top they weren't one of the six top champions they will take on the Texas Longhorns and Georgia will take on California in the 8-9 matchup the Orange Bowl Utah will play the 5-12 winner Auburn will go to the Sugar Bowl will play the uh, 6-11 matchup Oklahoma's in the Cotton Bowl playing the 7-10 winner and USC in the Rose Bowl playing the 8-9 winner. Peach and Fiesta once again are your semifinals. And USC defeats Auburn to win the national title. This is, the I believe, one of the rare times where two teams come from the quarterfinals. Let's see... Auburn defeats LSU and Louisville to get to the final. USC defeats California and 12-seeded Iowa. Yes, none of the home teams in the first round, Virginia Tech, Boise State, Texas, and California won their matchups. I'm sorry, California is the only home team to win the matchup. I do apologize. USC plays in the Fiesta Bowl. Pete Auburn goes to the Peach Bowl. And USC defeats Auburn 49 33. And finally, with this round, we have the 2005 season. Here we go. We have the Virginia Tech Hokies taking on the Big East champion West Virginia Mountaineers. The 11th and winner of that will take on Georgia in the Peach Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, excuse me. The Auburn Tigers will get the 11th seed. They will take on Mountain West champion TCU in the 6th seed. The Miami Hurricanes as the 10th seed will take on Ohio State. And Notre Dame will take on Oregon. I said Georgia is the four seed, they will be in the Sugar Bowl. Penn State is the three seed, they will go to the Peach Bowl. Texas is the two seed, they will go to the Fiesta Bowl. And USC is the one seed going to the Rose Bowl. Uh, Orange and Cotton are your semifinals. And the Texas Longhorns, that's the team was uh, quarterbacked by Vince Young. Does not play USC. They play Oregon. But the the result isn't as epic. It's a 40-21 victory. Oregon defeated Notre Dame, number one seed, USC. And Georgia in the Orange Bowl to make the final. Texas defeated Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl. And then Penn State in the Cotton Bowl. So, this, as you can probably figure out, is becoming very interesting very quickly. So, in our next segment, we will start with the 2006 season. We are one season away to see how this new 12-team playoff would have impacted the craziest season of all time. 2007. We'll be right back with more of the Blind Tag Podcast. Alright, welcome back and now let us throw it into the Wayback Machine. The year is 2006. A very, very, very Normal year, if you consider what happened in 2007. But let's digress from that. Here we go with 2006. You have 12 seed Arkansas taking on the fifth seed and whack champions. Boise State, yes, Boise State is a top six seed. Notre Dame takes on Big 12 champion Oklahoma. Auburn will take on the seven seed Michigan. And Wisconsin will travel to Baton Rouge to take on the LSU Tigers in the 8-9 matchup. The 5-12 winner will go to the Peach Bowl to take on the Big East champion Louisville Cardinals. The 6-11 winner will take on the number three seed and Pac-10 champion USC Trojans in the Fiesta Bowl. The Orange Bowl plays host to SEC champion Florida. They will take the 7-10 winner. And the 8-9 winner will travel to the Fiesta Bowl to play the Ohio State Buckeyes, the number one seed in the field. And... Alright, so we have a 3-4 matchup as USC, with victories over Oklahoma and two-seeded Florida in the Sugar Bowl, defeats Louisville, who advanced with victories over 12-seed Arkansas and 8-seed LSU to win the national title. USC over uh, Louisville. This is the Biggie's first appearance in the championship game since all the way back in 1999 when Virginia Tech made it against Florida State. Unlike Virginia Tech in this simulation, Louisville could not get the job done. Interesting. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the weird, the wacky season that was 2007. How would this new format make that season I'm going to go ahead and tell you now the national uh, champion is is interesting alright and it actually lines up perfectly with you know the entire insanity of the 2007 season which I can talk about that later Alright, 2007, we had the 12-seed Florida Gators taking on the uh, Pac-10 uh, champion, USC Trojans. The Arizona State Sun Devils as the 11-seed will take on Big East champion, West Virginia. 10th seed Hawaii, the WAC champions, will take on Georgia as the 7-seed. And I believe that was actually the real-life matchup in uh, in the Sugar Bowl that season. And the 8-9 matchup is the Civil War Part did As Kansas, this time not at a neutral site, will travel to Missouri. Woo. Let's just say bad blood will be spilled. The winner of the 5-12 matchup will travel to the Cotton Bowl to play Oklahoma. The 11-6 winner will travel to the Orange Bowl to take on ACC champion Virginia Tech. The Sugar Bowl hosts SEC champion LSU and the 7-10 winner. And the Rose Bowl hosts Ohio State playing the 8-9 winner. And in a shocking upset, The 11 seeded Arizona State Sun Devils. Yes. With victories over Virginia, uh, if I can get this right, West Virginia. The three three seeded Virginia Tech and two seeded in the uh, LSU in the Peach Bowl defeats number one overall seed Ohio State, who had victories over Kansas. And Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl to win the national title. Based on the WhatIfSports.com uh, simulation, they outscored Ohio State in the second half, 23 to 11, to get to victory. Told you it's going to be 2007 it was a weird year. All right. Let's go to 2008. We have Cincinnati. I believe was a member of the Big East at this moment. No, I believe they are a member of Conference USA. Anyway, they will take on the 5th seed Penn State and the Lions. The champions out of the Big Ten. You have the 11-6 matchup. TCU versus Boise State. We're going to see a lot of TCU versus Boise State in this. Ohio State, as the 10 seed, will take on the 7 seed Texas Longhorns. And the 8 9 matchup is the Texas Tech Raiders, Red Raiders, taking on the Alabama Crimson Tide. As we all know, the Alabama Crimson Tide in 2007, Nick Saban's first season, were not good. Does the Alabama dynasty survive this simulation? We will see. The 512 winner will take on Utah in the Fiesta Bowl. Utah, the winners out of the Mountain West. The Rose Bowl, the 611 matchup winner will take on Pac-10 champion SC- USC. gonna the SEC. Because I was looking ahead to the Peach Bowl where it has SEC champion Florida taking on the 7-10 winner. And the Sugar Bowl will host the Big 12 champion Oklahoma Sooners as they take on the 8-9 winner. And we have a number one seed winning as Oklahoma defeats Texas Tech and Penn State in the Cotton Bowl to win the national title. It was an even game until the fourth quarter, where they outscored their opponent nineteen to nothing. That opponent, the Southern Cal Trojans. They defeated Boise State in the Rose Bowl and then Florida in the Orange Bowl. And finally, we have the 2009 season. Here we go. We have the LSU Tigers will take on Boise State. They are the winners out of the... Uh, da, 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 da. I think they're still in the mountain world. They're, they're still in the WAC. So the winner's out of the WAC. The winner of that matchup will go to the Fiesta Bowl to take on Mountain West champion TCU. Virginia Tech out of the ACC will take on the 6th seed and... Champions out of the Pac-10 Oregon Ducks. The winner will travel to the Orange Bowl to take on Big East champion Cincinnati. The 10-7 matchup is the Iowa Hawkeyes traveling to face the Florida Gators. The winner of that matchup going to the Cotton Bowl to play the 2 seed Texas Longhorns. Champions out of the Big 12. And the SEC champion Alabama Crimson Tide awaits in the Peach Bowl for either Georgia Tech or Ohio State. Now, this was kind of the beginning of the Alabama dynasty. Does it survive? Yes, it does. Alabama wins the national title over two-seeded Texas. Alabama defeated Ohio State in the Peach Bowl and TCU in the Sugar Bowl to advance to the title game. Texas defeated Florida. And then 11th seed Virginia Tech in the Rose Bowl that's an interesting Rose Bowl to advance to the title game so now we're getting ready to dive into actually we have one more season before we dive into what's called the uh, realignment era the 2010 season the Missouri Tigers will face the Oklahoma Sooners the winner in that matchup going to the Orange Bowl to challenge to face fourth seed Wisconsin. LSU, as the 11th seed, will take on Boise State, champions out of the WAC. The winners traveling to the Cotton Bowl to play Mountain West champion TCU. Remember what I said about that matchup? The Rose Bowl and second seeded Oregon Ducks with Cam Newton. I'm sorry, wrong team. Uh, Oregon Ducks await the winner of the Michigan State-Stanford matchup, and Cam Newton and the Auburn Tigers as the one seed in the Sugar Bowl await the winner of the Arkansas-Ohio State matchup. I'm sorry, Cam Newton, you do not win the national title. You do not even sniff it. And In fact, I'm sorry, Oregon, you do make the finals, but you do not win. Oregon defeats Michigan State. And Boise State before losing to ninth seeded Arkansas. Arkansas defeating Ohio State, Auburn, and Oklahoma on the routes to winning the national title. I told you, it's getting crazy, it's getting interesting. When we come back, the year of our realignment, Lord 2011. And let's see how realignment affects or is affected by this new playoff system. We'll be right back with more Blind Tag Podcast. to you know, be able to get all of this content onto one episode but I also wanted to like break down like what team had the best performance in these playoffs what conference did the best and I realized that I would not be able to get all of it prior to Uh, you know, I think the best way to put it is, you know, without going like an hour and a half, almost two hours. So, I'm going to split this episode up. I know, I know, I know, I know. But, I will start with 2011. We'll go through 2020. I will also do my best. I will not make any promises, but I will do my best to try to see, based on the um, predictions for the 2021 season, what a playoff might look like. Don't hold me to it if I don't if I don't get a chance to do it or be able to do it. But before I Uh, this episode will definitely be uploaded before the return of WWE to a regular touring schedule. What I mean by regular touring schedule, Raw and Smackdown are in in not the performance center or at a um, set location. They're it's traveling from city to city um I want to sit here and say this I am interested to see the reactions to the Raw and the Smackdown shows in front of a live audience now Obviously, we had Wrestlemania in front of a live audience, but of course Wrestlemania is not in a don't venue So if 30,000 people go yay, the cheers go "Eh," in the air They don't don't come back down So You have this situation where Now we're going to know If WWE creative, I know it's an oxymoron, but if WWE creative has actually resonated with some of these fans, I'm more interested to see how Rob comes off. Because after 15 months of basically same old shit, if they produce a same old shit type of show in front of a live audience, um, you're almost—I'm gonna promise you—that ticket sales for raw shows will drop, unless it's in a venue of a market that always does, or if it's markets they very rarely go to. So they're going to show up. SmackDown on the other hand will be fine, um, I mean first and foremost you have the Tribal Chief. Roman Reigns is the heel, so this is definitely going to, you know, fans are going to be invested in it. They're finally being uh, given the opportunity to properly boo Roman Reigns, watch, he shows up and gets cheered, uh, would not surprise him. but. all I know is this the first I'm going to say two months once we get past SummerSlam Extreme Rules is in September so we'll say up to Extreme Rules if the show if Raw and Smackdown are continuously doing the same thing that they were back in the Thunderdome AEW's will get some more fans. I I was utterly shocked when the artist formerly known as Alistair Black showed up. Because I'm thinking he got released in June. 90 day no complete clause. It's 30 days. What is he doing? well conveniently enough from the um, wrestling reporters that I've read you know you could choose to list, uh, listen to them or not but a clerical error occurred when Alistair Black was moved from NXT to the main roster NXT wrestlers typically have had a 30 day no complete clause main roster, 90 days so he got moved up in February of 2019 they didn't look at his contract when they were going to release him they didn't notice that his no complete clause hadn't been changed in 90 days First and foremost, you had you know everyone in town relations should have picked up on that. Oh well, you know they had a shakeup after the Mickey James thing, and uh, you know John Laurinaitis wasn't completely vetted. You know he wasn't uh, doing he wasn't in charge when uh, well, so. Making excuses. Just say that you screwed up and that's it. we we'll, you know, work better to make sure it doesn't happen again. And it's it's interesting that this happened almost a week after his wife. Selena Vega showed back up on Raw on Smackdown see I'm not going to be like other people on the internet and go well you know she you know she went back on her word da 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 you know hey she was released because she went behind her back behind WWE's back after their third party edict went down And created an OnlyFans page that she could cosplay on. Okay? She was in the wrong for doing that. WWE is in the wrong for basically saying, yeah, no. No third party. You know, we understand that we're not doing live events now, but that doesn't mean you can't make money unless it's with us. So. Hopefully they got it worked out and we'll see what happens. Um, and all these releases come at the worst time as on uh, this past Friday it was announced that Bailey, while tra- training in a WW, in a WWE ring in mandatory um, warmups prior to them going back on the road, tore her ACL in a freak accident. She's out nine months. So you release all these women. And now your MVP of the pandemic era has a torn ACL. Get it to yourselves, WWE. That's all I got to say about that. But with that being said, we will finish up the college football playoff. Um, rebooking next week and until then my name is Kyle Nashheim and this has been the Blind Tag Podcast